Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got a little bit of football news to get to. We've got to talk about uh, some returning players. A key returning player makes it official. We've also got to talk a little bit about the new schedule. The Big Ten announced some changes, and it did affect the Badgers. They'll have some different games than what was previously scheduled for this upcoming season. After that, we'll talk and recap the Badgers' big win over Ohio State, a nice revenge spot for them at home at the Kohl Center. Um, Some guys really stood out outside of Johnny Davis, so we'll talk about all of that and and kind of go into our takeaways from that contest. And then in the back half of the show, we've got an interview with Scary Alvarez. If you guys recall, we kind of teased it about um, that last episode where we're going to have him – on to interview Dana Retke. It's about a 25-minute interview, um, some nice back and forth with them. If you've listened previously, Scary Alvarez interviewed Barry Alvarez, and we ran it on our podcast as well. So similar format to that, but really a ton of fun. Uh, She was a great sport and and kind of realized quickly that this was not a traditional interview um, and more of a fun interview, and I think you guys will really enjoy listening to that. So we'll have that in the back half of the show after we do our discussion and Hope you guys will enjoy that in the weekend, and then we'll get back into um, some football stuff as we have a little hiatus next week in the basketball schedule. Matt, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Yeah, no, I'm, I think folks will really enjoy that interview. I know I found myself laughing on numerous occasions, as you would expect, when Scary Alvarez is involved. But, um, you know, special thanks to Dana. I know she's been on multiple times on our podcast, and this is um, just a nice way for her to kind of send her career off into her professional career. Yeah, I think you guys will really enjoy listening to that. And as you mentioned, as she gets ready to go overseas to start playing some volleyball, it's a nice uh, recap to her career and in a very funny way. So I think you guys will really like uh, hearing that. All right, before we get that to get to that, though, let's talk the, the news that we've got to get out of the way. A big one first, Keanu Benton has announced that he's officially coming back to Wisconsin, which is huge. I know throughout the season, he we were kind of wondering where what decision he would make, where he would end up. He's certainly a player that I think has a future at the next level, and he I, I think he went out and wanted to see what was out there for him as well, but is officially coming back to Wisconsin, which when you talk about some of the guys that are leaving, you know, you've got Sanborn, Chanel at the linebacker position, you've got the safeties that are departing. It's huge to have a piece like him kind of to build this defense around next year. For sure. I mean, great defenses are usually built up the middle. Um, it's, it's no dif- different in, in baseball and football. If you got a really good nose tackle, you got some good inside linebackers and some safeties, um, the game gets a lot easier on the defensive end. So having that centerpiece player in the middle will definitely help, especially with some younger linebackers that are bound to be there, uh, given Sanborn and Chanel are going to be gone to the NFL, as, as well as your two starting safeties. So I think this is some huge news for the Badgers. Had his had his best uh, season this past year. I, I thought he he demonstrated why he's going to be a future pro, and I think he's he's only going to continue to get better. And I loved seeing them use him not only as a nose tackle, but also when they go with two down linemen. I thought that that was a nice wrinkle, and he just gives them a, a presence in the middle against the run, as well as uh, he helped out with a couple sacks uh, this year as well. Yeah, he, he's been a, a tremendous force throughout the entirety of his career, and it's going to be nice to see what he can do one final um, season as he comes up and, and hopefully can come back for the Badgers and be as strong as he's been throughout um, his entire tenure. But and I, as you mentioned, it's a, it's a great place to start building this defense around, especially when you've got some other pieces that you're going to be working on filling and, and not the same familiar faces to have really – a guy that's been a centerpiece for your defense and coming into this year was a guy that you were going to heavily rely on to to give you a lot of production. I think that's a great place to start and will really help this defense because if you were trying to replace him along with the guys in the secondary, along with the guys that inside linebacker, all of a sudden you've got a lot a lot of big and, and valuable pieces uh, to, to try and replace, and thankfully you don't have to 
dive in because I, I do think Wisconsin's got some good players behind him, but Keanu Benton is a force that you, if you've got him on your team and you can have him for uh, another season as he, as he comes back to Wisconsin, it's something you'll absolutely sign up for. Yeah, and I think another interesting aspect of it is you have a guy like Curtis Neal, who is your nose tackle signed in this class. He, he's a guy who's coming off of a knee injury, really highly touted kid that I think the staff is really high on, but it still takes a little less pressure off mm-hmm. of his development right away. Hopefully that allows Neal to learn a little bit from him and, and maybe um, – get a few reps here and there, play in his four games, maintain his redshirt, but still be able to prepare for next year when likely Benton's gone. I don't anticipate he's going to be a guy who sticks around for um, that fifth year and takes advantage of the COVID waiver. All right, up next we've got a little bit of news to talk about in the 2022 schedule changes. So for those of you guys who don't know, the Big Ten has moved some things around um, with the last couple of years, kind of been a weird schedule with COVID years, so there was going to be some changes for this season as well. And uh, in terms of the new schedule, previously Wisconsin was going to open their season with the Big Ten game against Illinois. They now will open as a non-conference game against Illinois State. Week two, still Michigan, or still Washington State. Week three, still New Mexico State. Week four was it originally the Illinois State game. That will now be the road trip to Ohio State. Uh, after that, it was supposed to be Northwestern. It will now be Illinois. Then Michigan State, it is now Northwestern. Then it was going to be Maryland. Now it's Michigan State. So, um, And then the, the Purdue game is also flipped. So it was previously at Purdue. It is now home against Purdue. So there's all sorts of – then you've got the same um, bye week, and then you've got – it was supposed to be Nebraska. It will now be Maryland. It was supposed to be the Ohio State road trip. Then it's Iowa. So a lot of games moved around. Iowa and Nebraska also got flip-flopped uh, as well in terms of weeks, and then the same game will end the regular season – Minnesota at home before the Big Ten title game. So a lot of moving pieces to this 2022 schedule, but honestly, I think personally it's almost a better schedule. I I don't really love the opening the season with the Big Ten games. I know it's Illinois, but I'd much prefer if you're going to open to to have a non-conference game, even if it's a tough non-conference game. It's We saw this year with Penn State, it it just kind of – Open the season with such a big game. It was tough. Both those teams looked pretty poor and <laughs> improved throughout the course of the season. So now you get uh, a nice couple tune-ups before a, a big road trip to Ohio State. So what do you make of, of some of these changes to the schedule? Because it's kind of a, a complete overhaul to a lot of different games for the Badgers. Yeah, I agree with you. I think in general, it's a win for the Badgers because you you never want to go ahead and start off your season playing against a Big Ten opponent, especially a team that's going to be up for that game in Illinois. Um, so I think having it, that tune-up game against Illinois State is huge. Um, and just moving around those pieces, I, I think the flip, flipping, the other big news was just the flipping of the Nebraska and Purdue game home and away. Um, I think that was that makes sense. It was bound to happen after they had to make some adjustments in 2020. But um, you look at the schedule and you love to see the bye week much later. This past year, Wisconsin had that bye week so early in the season. Then they also had so many of their tough games early on that it really – uh, hurt them, made it hard for them to get going. Um, I think that getting Ohio State on your schedule, not ideal. Um, however, um, the fact that it is early in the season, I, I think mm-hmm. is is a good thing for the Badgers. They, Ohio State's got Notre Dame also on their schedule to start things out. Um, I, I just think that's a team that you'd rather play early on in the year than later in, this, in the year. Um, and Wisconsin has three straight home games to hopefully prepare you for that. So I think that's important. Um, and and really just looking at the schedule, I think it's it's not going to be an easy one by any stretch. But I do think that Wisconsin is going to be in a, in a better place because of some of the ways that the uh, shuffling came about. Yeah, I think it's a, an improved schedule. I mean, you look at – we don't really know what some of these teams are going to be, but – You'll certainly take, I think, the changes that you can see, like you mentioned. I think having Ohio State earlier rather than you know, late sandwich between Nebraska and Iowa like it was previously and, and, and Minnesota a couple weeks later, to have that game early after, you know, you, you would hope that you can come out and take care of business against Illinois State, Washington State, and New Mexico State, then have to go on the road to Ohio State. I think that's probably the, the spot where you'd want that game. And, you know, there's other tough games on the schedule. You're still going to have road trips to – you've got a road trip to Iowa. That's always tough. You've got a road trip to the Michigan State. 
You still have to play at the the ever haunting uh, Northwestern on there somewhere. So there's still tough games, but I think the way it shakes out, you were going to probably play most of these games. Anyway, you're going to play Ohio State on the road at some point, so I do think it's better to get them early. I think it's it's better to play Illinois, regardless of the status of Illinois, not that opening week of the season when there's jitters. There's just so much involved in that. So I think the changes are all net positive, and it's still going to be a tough schedule, but I think you've, you've got a little bit of improvement from what you saw in that old schedule. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one of the big things – from the schedule, and this didn't really change based off of um, the events of earlier this week, was just it's not the greatest home slate um, for season ticket holders. Um, looking at it, Minnesota's probably your best game, and that's not till the end of November, so it's going to be really cold. I, I think you would have loved to maybe seen either Ohio State or Michigan State, one of those crossover games at home, but the fact that they had two of their crossover games this year at home makes it so that you're going to have this adjustment. Um, But I think overall it's a fine schedule, um, and hopefully Wisconsin can can get things rolling early on in the year and take advantage of that late in the year bye week because the the way they finish off November is going to be difficult um, with those road games against Iowa and Nebraska and then a home tilt against Minnesota, who has played Wisconsin tough the past um, few seasons under P.J. Fleck as much as that makes me want to stab myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that will certainly be uh, always a, a fun one to end, um, what should be a, a back-and-forth schedule for the Badgers for sure. All right, guys, we've got some basketball to talk about. Before we do that, I want to talk to you about Home Field Apparel and their new season of Big New Saturday. So Big New Saturday Season 3 is coming out soon. If you guys aren't familiar, Big New Saturday is a seasonal campaign that Home Field runs, which launches a new school every Saturday at noon Eastern time. So each Monday they'll put out a teaser image to kind of see which team will be there. And then you, if you sign up for Big New Season Big news, season three, there will be um, an automatic shipment of a T-shirt from that collection. So it's really, if you haven't done it before, it's a lot of fun. I've done it for season two. Each week you get a new T-shirt set out to you. It's it's cheaper discounted, so it's normally a shirt is around $32. Um, if you sign up for the description, it's $20 a week plus shipping. So it's really a, a nice deal. You get a nice uh, comfy T-shirt, and this uh, upcoming season, they've got a lot of, I believe, eight schools, all basketball team focused. So it'll be schools that are largely known for their basketball programs. They've put out a ton of cool shirts for that. If you're not looking for Big News Saturday, they've also got some new collections out. They recently launched their DePaul collection as well as the Call of the Wild with Montana and Montana State. I have to say, even if you don't have any affiliation to Montana or Montana State, They've got some really cool ones in those collections, so make sure to go over and check those out at homefieldapparel.com. Sign up for Big New Saturday Season 3 if you're interested, or just buy yourself a new Montana Grizz t-shirt because there's a ton of cool ones. All right, Matt, let's go ahead and dive into this Wisconsin basketball contest before we get to the scary Alvarez interview with Dana Redke. This game, you came in last time, Wisconsin, of course, took on Ohio State on the road, kind of was their flat spot of over the course of this win streak after that this team really started to heat up once again and they continued to play really well last night I think the big storyline from this game though over the last course course of the last couple games and into last night was Tyler Wall who continues to play incredibly well he's he's coming out every night doing it and getting it done on the defensive end but now his offensive end is really starting to to catch up He, he had a tough assignment with EJ Liddell and he also had to, you know, he put the team on his back in terms of scoring with him and Brad Davison because Johnny Davis didn't have his best game. So how impressive was him, and, and how big is it for the Badgers to have a player like him playing the way that he is right now? Yeah, I mean, he was incredibly impressive, uh, not only to play defense on Liddell, hold him to under his normal average of 20 points per game, but he also – played a pretty large role in getting Liddell followed out. Um, but but really, last five games, he's averaging 15 points, nearly six rebounds, almost three assists. He's playing at a, a different level than he has over the course of his career. I mean, within the last three games, 
the there's been conversations about will he break his his uh, career high in each of the games. So it's kind of a, a nice talking point to see him take it to the next level. But and Greg Gard mentioned it in the post game. The big thing was that he hit two threes in this game. Mm-hmm. Came in. 0 of 17 throughout the season, hit two big three-pointers. Chris Holtman even mentioned in the postgame that they were sagging off of him and some of the other guys. Wisconsin made him hurt. They converted from behind the arc, and Wall was a big reason for that. And I think you saw him hit that first three. Liddell had to come step out a little bit um, on a closeout, and Wall blew by him for a layup. And it, it just shows how if Tower Wall can just – hit a three every once in a while, it just completely changes um, the way the teams have to defend him because he's so good in the post right now. He's playing at a different level, and and hopefully he can keep that going because when you have three different really positive scoring threats with with um, Johnny Davis obviously um, averaging over 20 points a game, you've got Brad Davison averaging about 15, while now – on the season, just over 10. That's a really nice setup for your team. I also think that Stephen Crowell is playing a, a lot better basketball, which which has helped um, make Tyler Wall even better. But I also think that maybe Crowell is playing better because of Wall. It's kind of a, a nice pulley system there that they're both kind of rising um, with the tide. So hopefully the Badgers can continue to see this type of production from Wall because he's playing at a not a first-team all-conference level, but he's a guy who could who could get consideration for a spot on one of the, the three teams or honorable mention based off of how he's playing. Yeah, he, he's played exceptionally well, and and I love that it's really been on both ends of the floor, and and it's not just, I mean, you talk about last night, he he wasn't just playing defense, scoring, he was getting rebounds, he was passing the ball well. He's almost a guy that you, you're always going to play through Johnny Davis, he's going to be your number one option, but I think when you can run the offense and, and you can get the ball in Tyler Wall's hands, it seems like <laughs> good things are going to happen. If he gets a post-touch, it's a really tough matchup for the defender. He can. He, he's a skilled enough big man, but he's also got enough quickness where he can he can create his own shot or he can dish it out really well. I think it just the ball being in his hands creates good things. He can you know kick it out and find Davis, find Davison who to knock down some shots. So I think his presence and like you mentioned, I think that's helped Stephen Crowell as well. Those two guys being you know much better and, and Tyler Wall being the guy that we expected him to be early in the season, um, you know, or in the preseason coming into this year. I think this really makes this team dangerous. I mean, if Tyler Wall is playing like that and the way he's played over the last couple of games, and you've got Johnny Davis and Brad Davison scoring, this team is, isn't just going to be a top 25 team that's tough. This is a team that will be a tough matchup um, for anyone, you know, come you know, as they play in March. So it's really been nice to see after him. He kind of struggled early in the season. I think he'll be the first to admit that. And, and no, he didn't play up to the standard that he could, but he's really made up for it these last few uh, contests because he's been absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, the way he's playing right now is reminiscent of, like, 2016, 2017, Mm -hmm. um, uh, Ethan Happ kind of in in a lot of ways. Uh, They're very different players. Happ has him by about an inch and um, a little bit thicker. But at the same time, Wall is doing a lot of really nice things banging in the post. Um, And additionally, he's just – um, going ahead and, and stuffing the stat sheet um, with assists and steals and blocks. I mean, he leads the team in, in blocks this year. Um, he, he's just doing a little bit of everything for this team, and it's been fun to watch. Um, and, and really the the biggest thing that we've seen from his growth from freshman to sophomore year and now sophomore to junior year is just he's more under control. He, he just – I know he he's a guy who really had to grow into his body because he just grew as he got to college, but but he, he at times kind of just put his head down and went, um, and that got him into trouble. He he gets stuck in corners and etc. But now you can see that he knows what he's doing. He's got a plan as he's going, and then he's able to adjust under control. And I think that's really helped him be more confident off the offensive end because the defensive end he's been good. The added strength has definitely helped that. Um, quite a bit but but really I think that offensively the confidence has come from he knows what he's doing and he can feel like he can go ahead and step out of the shadow of some of those guys who are who are seniors last year or the past two years because this is his team with Johnny Davis and Brad Davison. Speaking of Brad Davison he was another guy that played really well I know Johnny Davis didn't have his best game but some other guys stepped up so in terms of what stood out, what else did you see from the Badgers last night in that contest that uh, really stood out to you? 
I mean, it came, it came down to the three-point shot. Wisconsin shot the ball from deep a lot better. Um, you know, they, they took quite a few. They shot 23, which is a, a lot more than what they're used to. But at the same time, they were hitting them. They shot over 43% for the game. Second half, they trailed off a little bit, shot 30%, which is kind of bringing it back down to their mean all season long. But but for them to go ahead and, and hit over 40% for only the third time this year, last time since Marquette, I think was huge in this game. Um, you know, they were in control throughout, but early on they kind of built that lead on taking advantage of some costly turnovers by Ohio State. Wisconsin was plus eight in points off turnovers, um, and they passed the ball really well. They got post touches, and they were able to kick it outside so that guys could hit threes in rhythm. You didn't see some of the forced three-point shots that we had seen um, at, at times in the second half against Maryland. I thought that they were more um, consistent with what they wanted to do and were able to do what they wanted to. They dictated the game against Ohio State, and I thought it played a huge role. I thought um, uh, free throws also were big. Wisconsin, 70% from free throws, um, got to the line 20 times. Ohio State on the under, under end, only 50% from free throws, got to the line 10 times. Those between that points off turnovers and free throws, those were a big part of the game. Also, the three-point shooting is just something exciting to see from this team. Um, and it was also nice to see Jacoby Neath get back out there healthy mm-hmm. after missing, you know, just kind of had a roller coaster year with injuries and sicknesses and everything. Yeah, it was great to see him out there. He's had a rough go of it so far the season, just kind of hasn't been able to catch a break in a lot of different ways with injuries and COVID. Uh, I, I'm glad that you mentioned the turnovers because I know Ohio State didn't turn it over you know, 11 times, which is not what they normally do all season long, but the Badgers did a good job of, of taking advantage of those and putting the points up when they did force turnovers and in knocking down some of those threes. The three ball, like you mentioned, was certainly it was certainly flying, and we've seen that from the, from the Badgers this past couple seasons even. You know, the, when their their offense creates open three-point shots and Greg Gard expects them to take them and he expects them to make them. And last game against Maryland, that second half, they weren't falling. But this is a team that's going to keep shooting and sometimes they're going to fall. And when they are, when they're falling like that, it's, again, a, a tough a tough game and a tough team to beat. You know, finishing 43% from beyond the arc is, is a really good mark. And if they do that, once again, they, you know, if they play this way, this team is going to be a tough one uh, to, to compete with and beat in and out, especially when they're playing so well on the defensive end. So it was nice to see them knock down some of those shots. I think it always helps to be playing at the Cole Center and, and the rims and hoops that you're familiar with to, to knock it down. And you know, playing it on the road at Maryland is a little bit tougher, but – Either way, that three-point shot, if it's fallen, is going to be great. And if you're playing defensively the, the way they did and forcing turnovers, take advantage of it, this team has is, is really been uh, – it's, it's a treat to watch when they play this type of basketball. Yeah, and just as great as it was to see Wisconsin shoot the three really well, they did a good job on closing out on Ohio State shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ohio State came into this game shooting over 40% for the year. They shot – just under 16%, three of 19 up for the game. They didn't make a, a three-pointer until um, midway through the, the second half. So Wisconsin did a, a really good job on on the defensive end. And, and really, you look at the game, there is zero lead changes. Wisconsin led for 39, over 39 minutes of this game. There was only one time where they were tied, and that was for 51 seconds. So this wasn't a game where you look at the final score and you're like, and, and you think, oh, Wisconsin just pulled away because of some free throws late. No, this was a game that the Badgers had in hand. Ohio State took advantage of a, a quick little run, making five of their last six to close the game out to make it somewhat interesting. But Wisconsin um, had this lockdown throughout, and it was a really big win for the Badgers that continues to um, add to their resume. That's now seven quad one wins, which is tops in the nation. Really impressive start for this team that really did not have nearly these types of this type of hype coming into the year. Absolutely. All right, guys. I think in terms of basketball, that kind of wraps up our conversation. So we will see the Badgers in action again on Tuesday, January 18th uh, at 8 p.m. Central, and that will be against Northwestern on the road. It will be aired on the Big Ten Network. So um, we'll be sure to recap that on one of our episodes next week, and we'll also have some fun off-season football conversations in, uh, in one of our episodes next week as well. That wraps up Matt and I's portion of the pod, but now we're going to we'll get our other ad reads out of the way here, and then we'll get into the interview with Scary Alvarez and Dana Retke. Like I said at the beginning, guys, I think you'll really enjoy 
listening to that. It's about 25 minutes, so it's a nice lengthy interview um, where they kind of talk about all sorts of things, her future as a volleyball, some of her favorite things, and just kind of some off-the-wall questions that you're not traditionally used to hearing uh, from some of the other interviews. So I think you guys will really enjoy it. Matt and I will be back with you next week uh, to talk about some football, talk about some basketball. But until then, enjoy this interview, and we'll be back with you to talk to you again next week. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Cool. Well, uh, this is a, a very exciting moment. Uh, I am here, Scare Alvarez is here with uh, national champion Dana Retke. How are you doing today? Doing fantastic. No complaints. Awesome, awesome. I, I know this must be the biggest uh, interview of your life, so it's probably pretty exciting. Oh, it's very exciting. I, I can't wait to dive into all that we have to cover today. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Um, so, how have you know, again, congratulations on the national title. That was very, very exciting for Wisconsin fans to, to see a, a title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was just an ex- it was so crazy, just the whole journey throughout the NCAA tournament. I feel like it went by so fast, but, like, also we were living in the moment through, like, every single point. You really have to at that level. But it just – it was icing on the cake to bring home a title this year. And I – it was – there's still points when I'm, like, I can't believe we did that. But we did. We're national champions. It's awesome. It's awesome. And and, and uh, so can you do me a favor and explain volleyball in as great a detail as you can in the next 10 seconds? I love it. It's, it's kind of like it's kind of like passing if Wisconsin football ever did it. I'm sorry. What did you say? It would be kind of like be like passing if Wisconsin football ever ever actually passed the ball. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it should be. I think you put on a great display of that throughout this whole season. That's awesome. And you play you you play middle blocker as you, as you know. I'm not just telling you that. You already knew that. Uh, what I what does yeah. yeah? What position in football is that? Ooh, let's see. I want to say it's more like kind of, kind of like a like a center nose tackle or like a. I don't know. I also kind of feel like a little tight endy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm a little. Or even even a wide receiver. You know, I get set too, but I also got to do some blocking. So basically, we have a little mix of things there. So basically, it's every position. I know. You know, whatever. Middle blocker does. It seems like you're in position to get the glory in a lot of situations, which is which is great. Unlike some of the the grunts on the O line, but I did I did hear you mention tight end. Who who's your favorite uh, your favorite tight end in Wisconsin Badger history? Oh gosh, my favorite tight end in Wisconsin Badger history. I mean, I'm friends with Jake Ferguson. Okay, that, so that's, I think I think that has to be my answer. Ding 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 ding. That's the right answer. Yeah. Well, he's my grandson, so. Uh, <laughs> I like to think that we're friends. Sometimes we go out and have a catch still, but uh, I know yeah, Jake's, Jake's yeah. going to get ready for the for the NFL draft and everything. But it's it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I think he got absolutely shafted on the Heisman again this year. But that's I guess people see the game a little differently than than I do, which is unfortunate for them. Um, I'm going to ask this again because there's a couple technical issues. Um, how have you handled all the bandwagon volleyball fans who were not with you in the downtimes to the program, like when you were losing NCAA title games? Yeah, I was definitely there for that um, that time in, I guess, Wisconsin volleyball history. But I'm just really happy that we had fans that, even though they were jumping on the bandwagon, that's, that's always going to happen. But it really just draws a lot of attention to Wisconsin volleyball and the sport in general. The sport is really growing
Well, I think you have. Again, congratulations on, on that incredible run to the title. Thank you. The, the fact that it was over Nebraska and then just a few few matches previous was over Minnesota was, was of course, incredibly delicious to Wisconsin fans. Um, there are a few, a few teams wondering this, and I'm not going to name any names of which programs, but how, how do you win a national title? I think there's a lot that goes into it. Um, honestly, I think the main thing that we had to that that we kind of dedicated the season to and the team was just taking everything one point at a time. There's no point. There's no singular 25 point point that's going to you know win a set or a match or anything like that. So you really have to stay in the grind every single point and. Um, there's a lot of mental toughness. There's a lot of physical toughness, emotional toughness that goes into being part, being in those big moments. And I think one of the great things about Wisconsin is we have people in all those areas that prepare us for those moments. Um, so as a team, we really just approach every single point the same. To the matter if we won a lot, the pre, if we won or lost the previous point, um, just staying in that grind and being in the moment, staying present. I think that's honestly one of the biggest. Um, one of the biggest keys to winning any championship is just treating every single point um, the exact same and staying present in the moment and just grinding through it. That's 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 a great answer, and I I guess that what I'm just going from that is y'all treat every point as if it's a fourth and goal at the one yard line. I mean, it's that level of intensity. I, I would say so. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> who who is your this this is a lot of the fans out there are probably wondering this. Who's your favorite college volleyball head coach and why? Yeah, I think that's really a great question. No one ever asks me that. Um, I would have to say it would be Kelly Sheffield. Um, of the of the Wisconsin Badgers, just because I think he's really awesome. That's cool. I, yeah, Kelly. Kelly is. Uh, obviously, we're very happy with Kelly, and uh, he's he's and you know we're in a pod here because he's my favorite college volleyball coach as well. Good. I'm glad that we share that. <laughs> Can, uh, can can Wisconsin win uh, a second national title next year without you? And why is the answer no? And don't be ridiculous. No, I think the answer is absolutely yes. Um, Love it. The, 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 the talent on that team, um, you know, because they are coming in and with the with the group that we are still keeping from this past year. I mean, there's so much talent and there's so much just passion for the game and. Um, I mean, there is, there's, it's a big class that's leaving. My class is a pretty big class. We've been there for five years. It's pretty insane to think about. But um, this, team, this team is definitely in the right spot, the right space. And we have Danielle Hart, who's going to be back as a sixth year after just a tough season for a tough season or injury ending season. Does that make sense? I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, I followed that. Yeah. Um, but she's going to be coming back, and so you still have that leadership component of things, this, like, senior leadership, um, but you also just have a whole lot of talent and a whole lot of people who have definitely been to the top, and I think that they're going to absolutely train every day to stay there. Awesome, awesome. So I did a little bit of research. I had my I had my unpaid grad assistants do some research for me, and I learned that you used to play some basketball, and how much <laughs> – how much would we have to pay and or beg you to stay and play for Wisconsin uh, under the surname something like Rena Becky? <laughs> so that's actually kind of funny when I first committed to Wisconsin. I mean, I was all, I was a huge basketball fan. That was really right when I was first coming out of playing basketball and really transitioning into being like a full-time volleyball player. And I always would like tell my dad, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that'd be so cool, like a favorite figure to play basketball. Well, why don't you do this? We're gonna we're gonna talk about Italy in a second here, but you know maybe after your your uh, you know pro career is is or maybe during some portions if you have a hiatus or something we can we can talk about getting in the uniform. And I feel like I, I blew the I blew the I blew the surprise now, but we'll we'll figure something out. We have we have some we have hair and makeup. You will you will fit in perfectly now. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, so tell us tell us this is where it gets fun. Tell us a, a funny story that no one else knows about the 2021 volleyball team, and this is going to be just between the two of us. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, this is like a PG-13 
kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my brain is just, like, going through so many memories right now. Um, I mean, I guess, like, just, like, a, what was it? So, there was actually, if we're, if we're staying on the basketball, um, basketball side of things, we, we played at Minnesota, and they had a wrestling tournament going on in their volleyball gyms. We were practicing in their, in their basketball gym. And Kelly was, like, we're doing, like, a 4v4 tournament right now. Um, everyone pick your teams and, uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this. So we warmed up playing like four v four basketball. It was competitive as ever. I mean, people were just like running into running running into each other, just crazy fouls. And it was it was honestly super super fun. Um, I, I can't think of like a like extremely funny story about that. It was so funny. I want to. That's all right. Prepare for that kind of question, but the, just like fun stuff like that we like to do on a on a way trip, just a way trip in general, or so. That's awesome, and the, and the funniest part of uh, of that story, I, I, I heard that in, in the rumor mill, is that uh, 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 former coach Richard Pacino's team was there, and you actually beat beat their starting five. So that's that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I did beat some of my teammates, but yeah. <laughs> You're so modest, and I don't. I recently had to look up what that word even meant, uh, but it, it, you do you do really well at it. Um, Okay, so again, congratulations on your pro volleyball contract in Italy. Thank you. Uh, you know, give us give us a little bit of insight. There's gonna be some follow ups. So give us a little bit of insight of how that came about. Yeah. Um. So after the season, I was like, all right, I need to start figuring this all out. So I started talking. Um, I got in contact with some agents. I thought I picked I picked an agent. He kind of did all the work and found um, teams that were interested, got me a contract, and now here I am, just waiting for my visa. That's fantastic. Um, is Kelly Sheffield going to be your coach? No, he's not, unfortunately. Okay, I'm sorry to hear that. Will there be any road games in Wisconsin? There will not be any road games in Wisconsin, no. Oh, God, okay. Um, do they have, Domino, do they have Domino's uh, pizza there? You know, I do. I, I hope not. Oh, okay. I was going to ask what your backup. I was going to ask what your backup plan was going to be. You never know. Italy's kind I of think, a. I think I have a pretty decent backup plan. Okay. What? What's that? Sabaro. I, I was just thinking, you know, the local Italian pizzeria. No, well, take your chances there. I, don't know. I know. I know. Take your chances there. You can take your chances trying to get Italian food in Nebraska too, but. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely, yeah, I guess I guess you're right. <laughs> okay. Um, this, is, this is something that a lot of people have been wondering about, and I'm going to say it probably wrong, but walk me through what a libero is. So, a libero is a defensive specialist on our team, and so what they do is they only play the back row, and... Um, they were the, they're the ones that are in a different color jersey. Yeah, I thought, because I was first watching volleyball, I thought it was just someone who kind of, like, snuck in, you know, sometimes the, the fans go in, onto the field, and, and they were so good, you just, like, let them play with you. So that's not how it is? Yeah, yeah, no, that's not, that's not how it is. But, uh, Romero is in for six, or five out of six rotations, so they're in, they're in for a while. Okay. Can, you talk about rotations, and this is something that's, can, 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 the coach like bench someone if they want to. Are there penalties and things like that? How does that How does that all work? Um, you mean like uh, in terms of subbing or just like in general? Yeah, kind of like with subbing. Like if if, if the coach thinks someone you know they only spiked it ninety five times out of a hundred, could 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 he put them on the bench for a while and, and teach them a lesson and then put them back in? How does that? I'm not sure how that all all those mind games work in volleyball. So yeah, it's not it's not like. It's not like basketball where you have like an unlimited amount of subs. In volleyball, you only have 15. And um, in international volleyball, you only have six. So you really have to use them very strategically. Um, yes, people do get pulled. Um, but, again, like just because of the rotation that we have, and we have some defensive people going in for um, like our primary attackers, we got to use them pretty strategically. So Okay, that makes sense. Um. Totally not along those same lines. 
where where did you learn that wild uh, 2021 Texas dance that had over a million plays on YouTube, mostly uh, on some freshman's computer not hall? It has over a million views. Well, I just said it did. I mean, what, what, that, that's reality. So <laughs> I, I'm the dawn. You know that, right? Yeah. So that was a little project that we decided to do during media day when we had to find for a uh, Omaha. We went in about 20 minutes. It was great. And then we just decided that it would be a perfect little thing to do. Well, loved it. So loved it. Love it. How much did you enjoy uh, knowing that Texas was watching uh, the championship game against Nebraska this year on television? I guess they You are so refreshingly diplomatic. I love it. So you're you're reportedly friends with Brad Davison of the of the basketball team. I am friends with Brad Davison. Yes. And I have a couple questions about this. When you and Brad are hanging out, does it get weird when he just randomly falls down when you walk in? <laughs> that never happens. Oh really? Come on, come on. He's he's, he's ride or die. He's not going to be mad if you just tell the truth. No, 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 no. That never happens. He's strategic, man. Okay. <laughs> have you ever? Uh, played Brad one on one in basketball, and how much did you beat him by? I have never actually played him one on one. We did do a little video on BTN. Um, I think we made about two shots total out of two shots. Um, and so I guess we'll have to have to schedule that one on one game with him. Look, like I said, my shots a little off, but I'm willing to give it, give it a try. If your shot's a little off, you, you, no, no one that's not so basketball will notice. It, it's going to be okay. By, by the way, check, you catch that game against Iowa last night. What a, what a great win for the Badgers. I did watch that game. It was, it was great. Yeah. It, Iowa is uh, 10% play and 90% wine. That's why that's what's so much fun to play them. Was, was the volleyball team, did they whine as much as the Iowa basketball team? I hope not. Okay. They're, they're gamers. <laughs> I'm, I, you, I love I'm trying to get you to say things. This is great. Um, so let's put you as before we head off to before we head off to Italy. We're going to make you athletic director for a day at Wisconsin. Uh, does Wisconsin bring back baseball or keep volleyball? Um, I'm talking about front of the bends. Oh yeah. That's tough. See, I I actually had uh, this is something I learned when I was at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is the only team in the only school in the Big Ten that doesn't have baseball. It's not baseball. Um, but I'm also a little biased in the sense that men's volleyball doesn't doesn't have like the, the amount of D one schools they have are it's it's very small. I think it's like thirty or forty or something like that. Um, and men's volleyball is becoming a really big sport too. So I would love to see a men's volleyball team in Wisconsin, but I also feel like we're the only school that doesn't have baseball. Like, that's... It's weird. It's a lot of people... It's weird. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I was the athletic director until earlier this year, or last year, and mm-hmm. a lot of people try and give me credit for, for dropping baseball. And that actually happened in 92 when I was still a uh, football coach. Um, and I really didn't have anything to do with it. But they think, you know, hey, Barry, you know, you own 27 wine islands, right? Maybe you just you can write a check or, or Bitcoin uh, basketball or baseball back in. <laughs> yeah, whatever, like, whatever the kids are doing. You know, baseball back into existence. Like I'm some kind of you know villainous sheriff who doesn't want baseball. But I, I would I would love to have baseball back in Wisconsin. I'm saying it right now. I think I think it's going to be the uh, Barry Alvarez Dana Recchi initiative to reinstitute baseball in Wisconsin. Are you in? I, I could be in for it. I just what does that say about volleyball? Well, no, no. Okay, <laughs> the hypothetical was ridiculous because that's the last sport we're going to drop right now. Because <laughs> y- y'all are winning national titles for us. It's great. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna add a men's sport, and we'll what what can we you know we're not gonna drop it. We're just gonna add a men's sport and add another women's sport. Oh, okay, got it, got it. So what what new women's sport should we add? I would love if we had a gymnastics team. Yeah, we used to, and that's that would that's be awesome. Yeah, used to. 
Uh, people don't know this about me. I played I played uh, football back at Nebraska and was was a very uh, you know, seven year All American for Nebraska in football. After that, I had a long Hall of Fame career uh, in the NFL. But people don't know this. I was actually uh, I did the parallel bars for the Nebraska gymnastics team back back in the day. Crazy, huh? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. The, the Alvarez twirl. It was a one handed handstand where I dropped down and immediately had a ham. I don't know if there's any video. If it is, it's, it's probably pretty, pretty, pretty grainy. Okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow your mind here. I know this has been, you know, pretty low-key, basic interview so far, but there's a couple of things. That I want to make sure you're emotionally ready to hear these things. So I'm gonna go ahead and just go. Jake Ferguson is my grandson. Reaction. Reaction. Yeah. How, how does that wash over you? Probably pretty shocking, huh? I mean, he, yeah, I, 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 it is shocking he's your grandson. Um, but, you know, one of my good friends, good friends, especially here. Great guy. He's, he's a, he's a gentleman and a scholar and a wonderful, uh, he's been, he's been everything a grandson could be. And, and, uh, please stay, please stay hi to him for me next time you see him. Um, <laughs> okay, the, the second one is, uh, Braylon Allen, uh, the, uh, seen running back for the Wisconsin Badgers is only 17 years old. Is your mind blown? Yes. It's pretty impressive. Is your mind blown? Can you believe it? I, I can't believe it. All right. Um, I feel like I feel like I'm 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 talking to my wife right now. Um, <laughs> that's that's a compliment. She actually when I when I. Uh, when I interviewed myself last year, uh, we had a lot, nice long chat with myself, and she was really the she was really the star of the interview. She was just a wonderful. Had so many anecdotes about me to, to dish, and uh, that was a great moment. I'm sure you've listened to that a number of times before coming in. Oh, many, yes. It's, it's all you do. Um, anyway, well, one more thing. You spent a few years in Madison. Uh, what will it be like moving away from there to a real city? Fashion stuff. Um, you, you know, it, it, you mentioned about Madison. Is it, is it, is it was somewhat frustrating that it gets nice finally right at finals when school is about that? Oh, yeah. That's like the worst part because you can just tell that everyone's just itching to get outside and feel the sun. And that's, yeah, it, 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 it's always convenient that like the two weeks, either before finals or during finals, is, that's when it just decides to get really nice out. <laughs> It's crazy. It's crazy. When I when I do my uh, 26 mile runs, uh, I do my marathons in the morning. I, yeah, 26. I, I stop. The, the point two is kind of cliche, so I just go 26. Gotcha. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a lone wolf, you know that. But I love I love uh, going by in in the spring, going by that that union and seeing all those all those tans that have been cultivated over the over the winter. And everyone's pasty and and, and drunk. Um, so, last thing, we're going to let you get on. I know your plane's about to leave. Uh, can you give one piece of advice for all future Badger uh, volleyball players? What what one thing would you give them as something to hold on to if they want to be the next? I know it will never happen, but the next Dana Reiki. Oh gosh, one thing they always want to hold on to. It can be a secret, like it can be a secret, like the yeah. I'm talking about it. Department, being involved outside the athletic department and also in the gym. So, um, 
I think I think that's like one thing that I would just tell any like app that was fast. Like the advice department that you are in is a special one, and there's so many people around to support you. And um, just working hard is what values do. I think we pride ourselves at, as at, we pride ourselves at the university of being just gritty and hardworking and just getting after it. And so um, and that's what values do. And so just being an expert actually participate in your own rescue and bring it every single day. Um, Love it. It's a beautiful place, and, you know, your time is short. Five years went by faster than I ever would have had. Incredible, incredible. And, and I, you, you, I believe, that, did you do the imitation of, of Coach Sheffield? I, it, was, it was a little quieter, so I didn't quite pick it up. Would you do that one more time? My active participation yes. in Yes. All right. You would tell me to do all lines of... You can actually participate. I'll rescue. Okay, I, I like that. That's that's good. Um, so what, one last thing. I, I don't think it's beyond the shadow of possibility that there will one day be a Dana Recky uh, statue on the UW campus. <laughs> along, alongside, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Alongside the, the Barry Alvarez uh, statue. I'm just letting you know, though, I'm still going to be taller. Is that, we'll it's a, about that. You, I, 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 we're going to have to scale it down because it's, it's amazing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, not in real life. I'm only 6'6 I'm only six, six in real life. Gotcha. Gotcha. Great. <laughs> well, this is – yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, this has been great. A, a true honor for you and also for me. Um, thank you so much for your time, and, and uh, don't be a stranger. We want to, you know, get you in on a Zoom or something once you're in, in Milan, and you can let us know how the Sabaros are there and all that stuff. And how the volleyball is going. You're gonna you're gonna do great. So it's gonna be weird. You're gonna go in there. You're gonna be the best player in Europe. The first practice you have, and then they're gonna they're gonna be you're gonna be like the LeBron James. The picture's gonna be up on all the billboards and all that stuff in Italy. And all the kids, all the all the kids in the scooters are gonna be riding by. Hey, Zanaretti! You know, it's, it's gonna be great. I'm just preparing you for that. I don't know about all that, but I guess we'll have to find out. Awesome. All right. So, well, thank you so much for your time, and, and have a great day, and uh, good luck with everything in the future. All right, congrats again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.